So we're talking can't stand the heat, aren't we? Now that's right. I I thought I had very definite views on it, uh, but when I actually I just brought it up on Wikipedia, and it's like oh I have to so I'm going to change sort of my appraisal a bit sort of thing so to start with when the original predator formed and we played our first gig at woodcote village hall the opening number was a really terrible version of dancing a night away by the motors sort of like the 12 inch single version it sort of starts with the riff which is God, just really awesome really really loved it but the second song we ever played live was again and again and I'm thinking, oh, that's off of that album. But I just looked it up and the, the single, again, and that was kind of released in the August. And I think the album was released in the October. So, yeah, the second song we ever played was was that. And I bought the single. And, you know, it was at the time, all, all everyone who's sort of my age, it was into choir around that time. It's like, you were always desperate for the next thing, desperate to rush that abort again and again. Can't remember what was on the B side. No, I can't remember at all, but actually I sort of really liked it because it, it was Jackie Linton as well, wasn't it? Who, you know, yes. sort of bump into occasionally. He's like, bless him. And I sort of, I, I love the way where it started out, you're like, oh, you got this sort of half, time going on with john and then he goes into the fours on the chorus and it was like again again wow i actually really love that but i sort of remember reading a write-up it was probably in sounds or melody maker probably sounds because they were quite horrible to quote and it sort of said it's weird what sticks in your mind isn't it can't remember where i live some days or my granddaughter's name but i remember little snippets of reviews from 1978 and whoever wrote it up, and I might have even kept it for years, it said, status quo latest single involves the phrase again, again, repeated again and again, a sort of repetition squared. And that was like typical of that sort of punk music press at the time. So that always uh, stuck with me. Yeah, so in natural fact, that song, that was the second song that we ever played live. It could have only have just come out because we would obviously try to work out our own way of doing it lifting the vinyl up and down trying to play it because it's all online now isn't it then the album came out and i picked it up on the day it was released and i think i might have had another gig or there was a gig or something going on so didn't get to you know you're desperate to hear this album so didn't get to hear it so i must have got in about i don't know one or two in the morning desperate to hear it so i sort of put it on headphones and that that was the shock. You know, I wasn't fussed about the album cover. We'd had, you know, on the level and blue for you and to a certain extent, the live album, these brilliant, exciting album covers rocking all over the world. It was like no one could be bothered with that, it seemed. And then suddenly you got again, uh, can't stand the heat. And that was a bit, that was a bit twee. Anyway, so, so put it on headphones. It's like all you can hear is this, this brass and everything. And I was like really shocked. And I sort of looking back now and looking down the list of the songs, and I can understand why they were trying to do something different because some of the songs were actually all right. Yeah. And it was like, it took me, I, I think in the end, it's a bit like all these things. 
you haven't got anything else to play and you can't skip the tracks it's on vinyl so actually when i glanced down at all the tracks it's like yeah i knew them all intimately then that's that's and partly why we did uh wicker house on vinyl it's because it because it was different to the other two it's like it's a real pain in the ass to skip the tracks you have to get through it so looking at it it's like oh it, maybe it wasn't so bad but it was that you know my initial my initial hearing was like all oh, this brass all over it's like that's not quo what's what is going on here you know it was um yeah it's a bit a bit um well it just seemed wrong after on the level and blue for you and that and you know we always you was consider the fans to be sort of quite hardcore we'd had a bit of a wobble with rocking all over the world so yeah so you had again and again and then they released accident prone didn't they and yes and like all quo fans hated that all the hardcore everybody i knew that was a quo fan hated that but weirdly anyone that wasn't a quo fan really liked it sort of that makes sense you're like what you know it's awful so oh yeah i really like that single and so yeah so i, I remember that and i'm sort of going i'm looking down the tracks and i'm thinking yeah i think that actually like a good girl that was sort of a, a bit more of a rocker but it's almost a bit like you were really desperate for something that really rocked and it's the same with uh Oh, can't give you more, can't give you more. Probably off of rocking all over the world. It's like, where, where all for me, and actually this is only a personal, you've, it's just a personal view. It's like, I loved all the, or I loved every track on every album with the exception of Fine, 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 right up to rocking all over the world where you're trying to grab stuff. To be fair, I've never gone back and listened to that. So I might find I feel differently about it now. I'm not going to go back and listen to Can't Stand the Heat because I, I can't. When I'm looking down the track list, I can hear all of that in my head. And when I'm sort of looking down, I'm thinking, oh, let me fly. Actually, I really kind of like that laid back. I've gone through the tracks. I'm going, actually, oh, and I really hated this album. It's like, oh, actually, no, I really remember liking that. So I remember liking Let Me Fly. That was, that had a nice thing, a bit like Young Pretender, those kind of little step things. And, Francis' voice it's like oh that's clever i'm trying to think whether i actually tried to write something like that i might have done actually and mick didn't like it i can't remember i haven't got a cd handy i think i tried to do something on hang on i know i can't remember what the song was called i think i might have tried to do something like that on um Whatever the second album, that Predator second album was called. In your garden. In your garden, yeah. Yeah, there is a, there's a track on that, I think. Time to go. Day to work it out. I don't need to go. I don't know. I don't need to work it out. That one, I think that one, that is if I that is probably influenced sort of let me fly, young pretender. I'm sort of remember writing it. What Mick was living with me at the time and he wasn't overly keen but we put it on anyway. So, yeah, let me fly stones. I don't know. There was a, I think with Alan, um, bless him, he'd written some really fantastic songs, you know, and you sort of go, and I probably have said all this before, that all the really great riff-based stuff, that was Alan. Everything that went, no, 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 no. That was Francis 
and Bob, you know, in really broad general terms, you know, you sort of back, back what it just take me, you know, monster riffs they were, Alan, you know, drifting away. I think that was Alan. It's like, oh my God, this stuff's awesome. And, um, don't think it matters, you know, it's all Alan and, you know, Rick was sort of more sort of ballady a bit, wasn't he, really? So Stones, it was like, and I think, you know, they just, Andy Bound, a long-legged Linda, he was in a band, wasn't he? Because I think that long-legged Linda, there's a version of that on the Red in Rock Live Festival. He was performing there. solo. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was in a band called, oh, I was going to say Green Gage, but it isn't that, but someone will know. He was in a band and they played Reading Festival. And I think they did Long-Legged Linda in 72. That quote, quote, a do a don't waste my time on live at Reading Festival 72. And it, it's just slamming away. It's, it's really bummed notes all over the place. But ah, 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 really exciting and really kind of, it is frantic. You, I sort of get that. And I think, yeah, I think that whatever band Andy Bound was in then, there's a version on that. But ultimately, that Reading Festival album, you, all the Quo fans just got it for that Don't Waste My Time. So what a night. So I was fussed about that. Yeah, Andy Bound. And, and sort of Bernie Frost, he started making an appearance then as well. I'm just looking down. Giving up my worrying. Yeah, no, I wasn't fussed about that. Going to cheat you to yeah alan lancaster and mick green wasn't it he started and started um that might gonna chit chat i love me i think that sort of when that breaks into the solo actually i think i haven't played it for 50 years that so that there's there's bits of it you sort of go actually i'm looking at this now i'm going oh yeah actually no there's there's bits in it that actually really great. I think Francis goes into solo on that. Someone show me how to do. Oh, well, that was a, that's like that typical do 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 do. I really, really, really loved that. Down by the side, but for the keyboards in it, there's probably loads of songs that actually do that. And because I like those songs, I like that. But I think I was slightly annoyed. Yeah, you know, slightly annoyed lyrically with it as well. I thought it was a bit lazy where i just i thought all quo lyrics were really awesome but not on this album probably but it, it is weird how things work out because there's a film we all used to hang around all the sort of reading bands and we were good friends everyone i used to see larry miller a lot we we always used to congregate around a mate's house and we used to watch this film over and over and it's like it was actually probably a bit shit, but it wasn't. It was called The Monster Club. You're probably way too young to remember it, but check it out. So weirdly, so, and I think B.A. Robertson, he might have done the title track. So it was all these little crappy little, almost like a B-movie, crappy little monster stories. And B.A. Robertson was on it. And um, The Pretty Things they did a really good track on it. And then they're in a nightclub and this song comes up. It's like a rock song. It's a fantastic female vocalist who we didn't know who she was. And the song was called The Stripper. And it's like, I am going to, spoiler alert, if you end up digging this film out, it's obviously this girl's taken all her bits off. But because it's a, the monster club, 
And it's like, see, in the end, she strips all her skin off. She's down to a dancing skeleton. That's how that kind of us, the ultimate strip, I suppose. But it's like this song was really, really great. And we ended up, um, I, was, I was playing with Tammy Dark from time to time and Tabby Roberts. She's still an awesome mate. So we did a Predator gig and we got her up to sing this song, The Stripper. We thought it was awesome. Anyway, the the vocalist was called Stevie Lang, Stevie Lange. I'm going to say Stevie Lange, i.e. Lange. So probably now people will say that she was the then wife of Muck Lange, who ended up being everybody's producer and being more important than the band at some point, I suppose. But she had this fantastic voice and you sort of go, why why wasn't she massive because it, it you know uh that was her husband it's like there's no excuse for that but she's the backing vocalist like she's the named in blue writing on my wikipedia on the, as a backing vocalist so probably long leg linda oh i don't know i mean i can't think where she is on there but that the connection there is she's the female backing vocalist and i think that that was probably an and a first for Quo as well. I'm not sure you can really say you can't hear a female voice right up to that point. Not obviously that like you can with hers. So yeah, no, she was awesome. And you know, she's on that album. We're like, oh Stevie Lands, that's you know, so we made that connection with the Monster Club, which I urge you to watch. I don't know how well it'll stand up, probably pretty terribly. But the pretty things is really great on it. So in actual fact, that sort of that when I sort of look at that album now, despite the fact when I first put it on and all I could hear was grass, and I was tr I was truly horrified. It's like I'm not going to swear. It's like what is this? Um, you know, I, my expectations. You know, I love Quo. I obviously listened to it because it was the latest album, and it's like I do know all these tracks and I don't mind them. But I can probably say that I probably never went back to that album. Once the next album came out, which was, I have to look it up. Whatever you want. I oh, was it? Yeah, I didn't like that either. I didn't like the album cover. And it's like, yeah, come on. I didn't like the album cover with this. It's like, really? You know, I was sort of hardcore. You know, it's Quo and Motorhead and Pistols and The Damned. And what is this? You know, yeah, and it flipped up. It flipped up. I think it was a picture of John, wasn't there, in the middle of it? with uh, drums I, if i've given all my quo vinyl away there you go they don't play vinyl at all anyway so i think it was that and there might have been a picture of them on the back but i think parvet might have been in his frilly shirt again and it's like oh, come on i want the middle of blue for you so you know i don't you know i don't wish to upset anyone this is like this is just my personal memories of of this album but actually it kind of the tentacles of it actually ended up being you know influencing a predator song whichever one that was work it out probably and i'd actually don't mind some of the tracks and and i found probably with all after blue for you all the sort of late quo albums and, and some you know obviously i've never listened to because actually you don't want to go oh i really like that oh, i can't write a song like that now so you do kind of if you're trying to do your own thing i think naturally you're then too busy you know quo is a massive influence but then you sort of i think you sort of do i think you do move on so yeah no that's stevie lange and that kind of 
Monster Club and you know, we ended up getting Tammy on stage to do the track The Stripper and she's on this album. And to be fair, that's the I think that's the first time we'd heard of her. Or we managed to equate that name to a, a physical person uh, doing other stuff. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again and again, again, again. You know, and of course, we I think we played at Jackie's 50th or 60th or 80th or however old he was years ago. So that, yeah, man, that's the point. Yeah, that is weird. It's like, who's this Jackie Linton? It's like, and then on the back of that, Jackie Linton, we used to go and see Jackie Linton's HD band up in London. John Benham, the original guitarist, he could drive. So he used to have about 18 people packed in a little Datsun and go and see Jackie Linton. And of course, Jackie Linton is probably his might sort of biggest influence as a front man. You know, I remember, I mean, I'd, I'd love to go into detail, but I can't on your podcast. You know, you came on stage and started chatting. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that out loud. Uh, and brilliant. So, and it's like, yeah, I've seen Jackie. I'm mates with Jackie. I played with Jackie. And Jackie wrote, co wrote again, again with Rick. And that was the second track we ever played. As an 18-year-old then, as I was, 63 now, um, as an 18-year-old listening to that album on headphones and going, what is this? This is awful. I could never, ever, ever have imagined being on stage with Jackie, knowing him, playing with him. We did do some recording with him, but that didn't work out and then sort of ended up playing with John for however long it was, 12 years. And this is obviously long before i met mick um so yeah it is it is weird how things turn out so i shouldn't i shouldn't i'm not dismissing this album it nothing was as good as after blue for you for me i suppose and so i tend like the odd track and the odd solo i liked up to the point where i didn't listen anymore but actually i probably owe this album a lot more than i realize in terms of how things worked out yeah, it's all right. It, you know, it's, I was very hardcore and it's like, this is, but I could, in a way I can understand because Pip Williams again, isn't it? Who I, I don't know. I always loved Quo producing themselves, but I sort of understand. I understand how you kind of want to evolve. That's happened to me a bit. So I, you know, I understand that. And there are some good songs on there, you know, yeah, not the best, but. Yeah, Jackie Linton got a song on there and he must have been desperate to get another one on. I don't know if he managed to do anything else or not, actually. But, I don't think so. Yeah, because... No, 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 no. Because Francis... Who was it? Francis, no. I've never personally spoken to Francis, but... I've heard this story that... So, Jackie... He, I think he was... He was a paint and decorator and he was doing a lot of stuff with... Um, doing a lot of stuff around Rick's house, I think. And Francis came round and sort of Jack, he'd be sort of painting. You won't mind me saying this. It might not even be true. Now, Licky, Licky Lockett, he used to say. And he, um, so he'd sort of, they'd be sat in this room and Jackie would come in and start painting, you know, so they'd move to another room and Jackie would come in there like Francis. You'd never seen him paint anything so quickly as to be sort of hanging about. But that was, you know, fantastic. I'd love to have, I'd love to have co-wrote with one of them. That would have just been, you know, an amazing thing, really, that, you know, that band 
up to a point meant such a lot, you know, and in a way it still does to loads of people. It's like, it isn't quite the same for me, but that's not taking anything away from, you know, I've, I've got these fantastic memories, you know, and that doesn't mean the album is great, but actually, you know, those memories are really clear and, you know, wow, how things turned out. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to say, actually, if it wasn't for Can't Stand the Heat, we couldn't have put a name to Stevie Lange. She was great. And I don't know why she wasn't a monster star. Maybe someone can ring in and try and sort out that. Um, it was the second song we ever played as Predator, the original Predator liner. That was awesome. We suddenly got to hear of Jackie Linton. We used to go and see him play. And he's a massive influence on the way I am on stage. Um, so, yeah, I... I owe it, and um, probably, why do I need to work it out? I think it's like, time to go, can I, can I come with it? And actually, time to fly, work it out. That, so that that's, you know, that style of song, that's the first time that sort of makes an appearance, really. Um, so, and I, and I really sort of like that, that sort of stepped away from three chords a bit. So... I'm so I'm going to say I, I owe it a lot more than I thought I did when I saw your post <laughs> on reflection. I owe it more than I still think the cover's crap and I don't like the production and it didn't rock hard enough. But I understand while they were trying to do something different. And, you know, yeah, it was all right. You know, and yeah, good old Jackie. I mean, he's been dining out on that for years, hasn't he? But, you know. Honestly, Jack, if that had been me, I'd be I'd be dining out on it still. Fantastic. You know, and it it worked really well, actually, that single. I really loved it. Uh, but, but obviously sounds didn't. You can probably find that review. You know, because they just they didn't they just didn't like didn't like it then because it was all about the punk thing then, yeah, 78, you, you know, you're right bang into it. So, but yeah, all this brass, I don't know. But then, you know, Francis is on one of the tracks. Is it like a good girl? As it ends, you know, Francis chat, no, it's coming forward, it's going back. And it's like, yeah, it's like, God, Francis is talking. It's like, that all those little things that isn't just about, it isn't just about a song. It's a, it's a personal thing, you know, all the chat from all the, you know, take one ring, 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 and all that stuff, you know, you sort of you poured all over that that was just as important as that was all part of it it was every poster every album you know you're desperate you know so it obviously yeah it took a bit of getting used to i suppose probably but elements of it kind of worked out okay and had a much bigger influence than i actually didn't realize till i've actually sat some rambling on had an influence that I did you know I didn't realise till I actually sat down and talked to you, I was gonna say, Yeah, I put it on headphones and it was awful. But actually when I looked down the tracks I'm going, Oh no. Oh my word, there's this and this and this. So it was it's funny how things work out. Do you think if you'd taken the brass off and all the embellishments, do you think um you would have thought it was a better album at the time? It's possible. They've done that with rocking all over the world, haven't they? Haven't yes. They? I, I I haven't listened to that. Um, I think. Right. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say there was a when they sort of switched to voxes. 
as sort of main amp. It's like for me, the guitars lost the excitement, whatever they had. So I'm not sure. I mean, I suppose you could say the songs would stand up, but I sort of I didn't like whatever the Crow sound had become from what it was. But to be fair, I didn't like it on the live album. You know, I've sort of I prefer that you know that live EP, the rollover laid down, Gundula Junior's Wailing. I've probably said before and time and time again, it's like that is awesome. And that Radio Festival from 72, if anybody's listening. Um, so if you can check that out, don't waste my time. Live 1972 Radio Festival. It's outrageous, it's frantic, it's they were really working really hard for it. And it's like I've seen pictures of it in you know, you can hear the drums are so awful that there's no front head on the drum. It was just going slam, slam, slam. Horrible. Got half a brick in it and half a, you know, a shitty old microphone and a and a, half a sleeping bag, probably, or somebody's T-shirt or jacket. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, in a way, I'd sort of turned up that sort of quo corner by then and I probably, and I'd never feel the same about them again after rocking all out the world and certainly after can't stand the heat you know that was in a way it's time for me to get on for whatever that was worth and you know however that turned out really i suppose so yeah thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on it because um the last time you were on uh, the the episode is extremely popular you know lots of people saying they listen to it a couple of times and they appreciate your opinion on things so it is just my opinion and and, and it that and that doesn't make me right you know i i think you know if you're sort of trying to get on and we're trying to play original music you know and everybody hated quo apart from quo fans so that it you, you do have to stick by your guns and you do have to have a bit of i was going to say self-belief but you know, if you if you trying to do something, you've got to get on and try and do it. it. Doesn't matter if people don't like it, but you know, all my all my mates that were slightly older, they all hated Quo and thought they were crap. You know, everyone was into Sin Lizzy and you know Steve Coppock and I. We used to go down Fanfare International mu- uh, Music, which was an old music shop along the Oxford Road. You know, and everyone who's slightly older, they all sort of took the piss, really. You know, because we were into Quo. It's like yeah people into zeppelin it's like i didn't understand that at all and lizzie yeah it was all that you know so yeah and it was if you're into quo you're really into quo but it, but everyone the people that weren't uh, the people that ended up buying accident prone weirdly enough um yeah it sort of probably splits opinion even now really the other thing as well is i always judge an album by its cover and i always judge a book by its cover and it's like you know those those album covers, they were vitally important. You know, vitally important. It's like, what was this? It didn't even open the right way. It was a crappy little match in a fairly shit picture of John, I think, a shit picture of them on the back. And that hot plate, you know, yeah. and ultimately, like anybody this. looking at, and there it is, people looking at that, people go, well, what is that? It's like, yeah, we had hot plates. That's an electric cooker hot plate. You know, not, <laughs> I haven't got your ceramic business and everybody's on gas now that was it and that is what they glowed like yeah can't stand the heat from the makers of you know and used to pour over that all those albums right those bottom little pictures as well all that stuff you know every detail then 
you know, Mick will say the same. Every detail, when you're a fan, it was it was sort of vital and every little magazine, but you'd buy a magazine for a little paragraph. It was like, oh my God. If I had I had a quo scrapbook, I can't remember I gave it to you. I did send them to somebody who was who was just like a super fan. Just cuttings out of papers and that. Yeah, they started to lose me, and it was like that was disappointing because this is it was so it was so massive, you know, and every little detail, you know, so like rocking all over the world. It's like it wasn't a gatefold sleeve. It's like you couldn't be bothered, but not just the music. If you sort of opened it up, actually, if you opened it up, there was all this like circuit boards. I think it was yes. And there's a picture of Quo in almost in brown and white, I think it is. I haven't got it to fish it out. But if you look at the picture of Alan, there's a big sort of blotch missing from his moustache on Rocking All Over the World on the album. And it's obviously something on the roller or something. It can't be deliberate unless it was a highlight and it didn't silhouette properly. But it's like stuff like that. That really bothered me. <laughs> That's how important it all was. So it's like, come on, you know. But you do kind of have to evolve, and I that's taken me a long time to understand that. Um, but yeah, this this stuff matters. It's it's in a way, it's like going to work and quo. That's all that mattered. That's how important it was then. You know, I have got over that to a certain extent these days. But yeah, yeah, there you go. So, have you got any more gigs coming up? I'm doing the Nana Valley Rock Festival, which was people from. So, so what happened? So, Cambridge Rock Festival, that sort of, that's been run by a massive music fan, but. It didn't start well because he was a bit naive and subsequently it kind of just struggles. And it's a real shame because it's original bands playing and that's like, I can't tell you how difficult that is. No, I really can't. I've got hours on how I feel about all of that tribute business, but I just understand why people do it. And there's some brilliant ones out there. Don't get me wrong. And it didn't look like it was going ahead this year. So people that had been involved, um, the guy, I mean, anyone listen to this from the old Target days will remember Trevor Cottrell from Octal 77. And he used to be the house disco down there. And he, he stood around and anyone that remembers him, he just looks exactly the same. It's really weird. So him and a few of the people that were involved with Cambridge got involved to put a festival on of their own. It's called the Nana Valley Rock Festival. And we're sort of, we did Cambridge last year. And because everything was on, it's like, I'm happy to, you know, I've known Trev since I was 17, really. So we're playing that. I think we're on the main stage. And then the Quo Connection are playing. I think there are about two bands after us, though, Mick and everyone. It's like, and what's really annoying about that is, because they're further up the bill, they've got bigger writing. It's like, yeah, annoying is, how annoying is that? They've got a big writing. I've got predators, smaller writing because they're further down. So, but yes, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm going to say, I'm going to say that it's, I don't, I 
don't know if it's the final McVention. I think it is, yeah. Well, yeah, but people keep saying that. But then I think it's like, what are you going to do? Where's everyone going to play then? You know, so maybe it's going to be the final one that possibly Jay's involved with, maybe. So I think, I don't know, I'm playing Predator one of the nights and the following night it's going to be Baz Barry's Spare Parts. Uh, I really do love that obscure stuff still. I still... I find some of it really sort of delicious and it's really great looking at sort of blank faces where you're playing this song that you're going call yourself a growth and you're lightweight you know i was there in six or whatever it was bingley hall i'm hoping i've spoken to jc and i'm i'm hoping that he's going to join i don't know i'll either be predator or it'll be spare parts and do about four numbers you know or whatever he can manage really so I'm sort of quite looking forward to that. That will mean a lot, you know, because I, you know, I really loved playing with John. Bless him, you know, and he's what is he 74 now? Is he or something? It's like, so, you know, we're going to try and do something with John. I, I, um, and I hope that comes off because that'll that'll be really sort of special. So, um, I, I don't know who else is on, but they're always really good. They're always really really good. So go and set it out make it really special because it's getting harder and harder and in actual fact there's loads of really awesome quo bands out there now it's like everything is sort of gone up a couple of notches i went i was at holland and i think rhino what happened rhino cancelled he had i think his guitarist was ill so uh i'm gonna say quotes were playing because they're dutch aren't they quotes states quotes and uh you know, it's like, you know, that set is massively broad. You know, people really love them. And I'm, I, th- I, I, don't I think they're playing. I, I might, might get that horribly wrong. But, you know, it's like, yeah, everything is, every, it's all out there still. There seems to be more sort of crow bands than ever, really. You know, and I can't knock that because actually, if you're not out there playing, in a band, you know, playing songs you like, you're not out there at all. It's a nightmare for me trying to play original stuff. You know, it might help if it was good. <laughs> that might help. People might be able to, you know, it's not like I want to pay my blokes. You know, it's 30 quid, you know. So that is, mm. so, but yeah, it is a struggle. I've got a lot of mates now that are just going out as duos because they can't afford to take the main band out. It's just not financially. Well, did I go on about Brexit last time? I, I think tell so, you what, yeah. I'm going to edit it out. I'm not, you can edit this out, right? <laughs> so, so we played Cross Guitars Festival. We played the original one, which I think was 19 years ago. And because of Brexit, thank you so much, everyone, to take our own back line. Just a, a carnet, they call it a carnet, it's carnet, it looks like it's the word, but it's, I must be French or um, someone will correct me. So to take my own amps and gear in a, just to take my guitar amps and cabs out of the country and jazzes and Jack's drum kit and Steve's 700 quid just to take it out of the country and back. So we had to just fly with guitars. Uh, they wanted 60 quid each way to fly my guitar. So I had to take the neck off it and stick it in my suitcase. 
Yeah, it's a shocking bill to give Jan Martin for something that, you know, trying to do it as cheap as we could, it was still really dear. It's really difficult, massive for bands, really difficult. And I think I didn't, there's a, um, a German metal band, I think, got refused recently, got refused coming into the country because they didn't have anything. Thank you. Thank you. All the, what were you voting for? What were you, and I'm not going to swear, but I said, oh my God, you've put us back and your children and your children's children. They won't be nipping over to France and doing a gig very easily. So there's a lot of tribute bands out there now, but some really awesome ones. Uh, the, the Quo Connection, that is that is phenomenally good. I just saw a clip of them doing Big Fat Mama at the brook and it was like, you know, yeah, that was delicious, I'm going to call that. So it's good. It's just difficult for me, you know, but maybe that's what I deserve. I'm not liking Can't Stand the Heat on the first listen. <laughs> maybe that the universe, maybe just because of my utterances that the universe has conspired to be talking to you. <laughs> 40 years on about my failed career and how I don't think that album's any good but still did all right thank you very much for talking to me today Baz 